Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Did this something that only happened in the Bronze Age? I was like, stop it, man. I'm getting turned on. Stop. Child arrived just the other day. He came to the world. Because he knows nothing in this book other than how to be stupid. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking I read that book. I understand that reference. He'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. It's okay. It's a Bronze Age. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the Brotherhood of Batman. I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I produce this mess. I'm Jake, you bunch of jerks. I'm the middle brother. Why'd you call us jerks? Because everybody's a jerk in this book. Oh, yeah. I'm Ben, your sunshine in Gotham, and the baby brother. And we are the Brotherhood of Batman, a podcast where three very different brothers get together to read books somewhat in chronological order, mostly about Batman, usually not as of late. (laughs) And uh, we talk about them. We have themed beverages and we have some giggles. What have you guys been up to? Yeah, what's Uh, been going on in your geeky little worlds these last couple weeks? I just gave you a bunch of money for comics that I keep forgetting that I'm buying every week. (laughs) Uh, I'm enjoying the group text messages of how much money you owe him, and I'm just sitting here, like, counting my money. Yeah, nice. Uh, Been doing some reading online, found out some more about uh, the upcoming Batman movie. Uh, Mm. I shared a little bit with you guys, but I read today that... um, Pattison actually met with Nolan uh, bef- when it, when, and got some ideas about the Batman, uh, the way to move in the suit and to interact, I heard. Uh-huh. So I don't know what that exactly is going to entail. Uh, but I also heard... With Nolan? He met him for something on one of the movies I think he's currently working Interesting. on. Uh, it's getting pretty good accolades for his accent and his ability to use the spoken language as a way to uh, deepen his character. So I think uh, some of the things I've read sound like uh, maybe it'll be promising. Is he yeah. going to have a grizzly Batman voice? I hope he has a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and a Tommy we'll gun. Talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think Nolan's been an executive producer he on shy. a lot of the Batman movies. Uh, I know he was for Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So oh. uh, I think he's had an influence on the DC universe for a while. So that's, that's awesome. I mean... Nolan's movies are, you know, obviously they stand out for their portrayal of the bat. That's fine. I just got back from a fabulous vacation in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is not exaggerating, little gay resort heaven. Um, I saw a fabulous drag queen named Mama Tits and bought a... (laughs) Yeah, that book was... uh, (laughs) Where'd you say? Providence? Provincetown, Massachusetts. It's the first place that the pilgrims landed. And then they're like, the soil won't work. So they scooted around to another part of Massachusetts and like, we'll (laughs) we'll land here. (laughs) So it's the first place that um, people came to America other than obviously the wonderful indigenous people. Um, And I bought a book by a drag queen or based on this drag queen. She was super fantastic, and the book is called Mama Tits Saves the World, <laughs> and it's a literal, it's a comic book of her getting superpowers after being, like, uh, she's visited by the spirits of, like, uh, gay ridiculous. and I lesbian and trans people of the past, and they visit her and give her power, and she, like, fights bigots and, like, hateful people, like, attacking pride <laughs> parades and stuff. That's it was awesome. pretty awesome, and it was cool to, like, support her. Um, cause I saw her perform and then I got to buy the comic and the money went right to her. So that was really cool. Is there anybody else in that book? Like rainbow hatchet? Ah! 
No, not yet, but I'll oh, team up with be, her. That'd be um, fantastic. Gorgio. <laughs> the book was released in 2017, and I don't. I need to look it up, but she said that it's the first um, drag queen starring in a comic book, so that's kind of cool. Oh. And it's like actually I don't know. And- Robin has worn several <laughs> different costumes. Okay, well, the first actual <laughs> drag queen, like the first real life drag queen to have a comic book based on them. So that's, that's kind of cool. true. That's so. true. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned uh, picking up our poll and holds. Um, mine this week had... Uh, so we're recording way ahead of schedule. We're doing a really good job on making sure we have episodes ready for you guys. Um, as busy as life is. So the uh, the week that we're recording right now, um, Spawn 300 just released this week. And what? I picked up a few different covers of that. A few. Uh, how many are there and how many did you pick up? I, I got four. Out of? Uh, 17. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And I've got a fifth one coming from another store, uh, the sketch cover. Another store got me several copies of the sketch cover. So there's a, a McFarlane cover, a Greg Capullo cover, a cover they did together. Well, nice. that's fun. I heard that that was coming out. I knew you'd be excited. Well, yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually a pretty big uh, moment for comics and for myself. Uh, so it, as of hitting 300, it's the longest running uh, independently owned comic book. Um, Cerebus... The Aardvark uh, did 300 issues, and so with Spawn 301 on order and coming next month, it'll be the you know it'll set the new record for longest running comic, and it's the comic that got me into collecting comics. So, Aaron, you kind of got me into comics in general. When we were younger, you would buy Punisher and other stuff I shouldn't have been reading. Yeah, I shouldn't have been reading. <laughs> <laughs> and we would we would read those, but it was you know we weren't collecting any specific titles. We were just getting what we could get our hands on. Um, and then Spawn was the first title that I really went after and tried to fill in the holes. Uh, it was somewhere around issue seventeen or eighteen that I started, and I had to work uh, my way back to the early issues, which in the nineties were selling for you know fifty sixty dollars. So I had to make you know make that money and get those books, and I have a complete run of Spawn, and so the three. Oh, you have all of them now. I do have all of them. Oh, very nice. Wow. Well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. So this week, um, we are going over the new Teen Titans Volume One from 1980 and 1981. This is the origin of the second team of Teen Titans, led by Dick Grayson. It features characters we've already met from his former team, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, and introduces four new characters, one of who existed already, Beast Boy, um, now going by Changeling. And then for the first time in comics, we get to see Starfire, Raven, and Cyborg. So the drink I picked for this week is a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Sounds a little basic, a little phoned in, but um, when I was first introduced to these characters was my senior year of high school. They were, not that I was drinking then, so let me back up, but they were introduced um, in a TV show to the masses, came out that year, and it's the Teen Titans cartoon, the T-E-E-N-T-I-T-A-N-S, Teen Titans. Um, and Could when, you spell that again? I will multiple times here at the episode. <laughs> I am sure uh, you will. And that was um, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, Beast Boy, and Robin, and when that TV show came out, to get the TV show more attention, they rebooted the comics, and they brought all of my beloved characters, um, Tim Drake and that whole generation of his friends of superheroes, into the Teen Titans to be mentored by 
Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg. So it was a very big deal. So when I started watching that TV show, my drink of choice, you know, two years later when I was um, of age, was Mike's Hard Lemonade. So I watched the TV Uh. show pretty much just drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. So that's why you're enjoying that. And this is the first time I got to read these characters um, as they were originated. So what this book is, basically, there is um, this mysterious new character named Raven who has empathy powers. Quote the Raven, nevermore. We will quote her many times. And Uh basically, she um, senses something's wrong and she finds these heroes to come together and she forms the team and she goes after Dick Grayson first. And uh, he's like, no, the Teen Titans disbanded. And she brings them all together. There's an alien starfire she brings. There's like all these different heroes. And basically she's bringing them together because her evil satanic father demon from another dimension is trying to <laughs> come to earth, destroy this reality. He's destroyed multiple dimensions. And this book really gives us not only the origin of these heroes, but we get all of the main Teen Titans villains origins in this eight issue trade. And we'll get more into it, but that's the general recap. So it's them being brought together by Raven, sensing this impending doom, and then being like, we'll be friends, and yada yada. Is that what it's like when I talk and don't stop for 10 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) That was exhausting. I wasn't paying any attention. Um, That's the most information Ben has ever relayed about any one subject. I have more. I got frantic because I was seeing your little beady eyes. Are we on to reviews? Do Uh, I? Yeah. No, that was the recap. That that was explaining the importance of the beverage. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this is uh, from the Marv Wolfman, George Perez run, uh, Oct- <laughs> October 1980 to June 1981. Well, Aaron, it's- you ugh because George Perez writes too much, but Marv Wolfman wrote this. George Perez just drew it. I'm ugging at both of them. They all write a lot. I am over <laughs> them. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> No, you can't be. This yeah. was so beautiful. Was it? I cried on an airplane reading this because that's Dumbass. how <laughs> rude. That's how significant the because I don't know. Just something about these characters and they so this book came out six years before I came out of our mother. They're the quintessential titans. A what? <laughs> They're the first teen heroes created for the DC universe that were not miniature replicas of the JLA members. Hmm. Like there is no adult Starfire. There is no adult Raven or Cyborg or Beast Boy. Like those four are the teen heroes created to be like, we're going to create new original characters with new powers. And the way they all interact was the beef of the book. Well, and that's definitely the team that I think if you stop somebody on the street and ask them, who are the teen Titans? They would name Robin, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Starfire, and maybe they'd get Raven, and maybe they'd get Wonder Girl. Because those are the ones they chose to do for the cartoon show, and it sounds like they're the ones they've chose to do for the live action that you've been watching, Mm -hmm. at least most of them. Yeah, and this this run is... It goes down in comic book history. Uh, At one point in time... Um, the new Teen Titans comic was the highest selling comic at DC Comics. Oh man, they must for be almost really like shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the episode where we bis- disband because one of the brothers <laughs> is going to get murdered. 
But that's why it's fun. Kill those suckers! <laughs> yeah, but Aaron just like the Teen Titans, this. we'll come back ten times later right. and join back right. up. Right. <laughs> I was crying on the airplane being like, Aaron's going to hate this book. Jake's going to respect this book. And this book is literally like history for characters that I like need in my life. <laughs> I want to hear Aaron talk yeah, about how do we it before approach I keep this? going. Okay, so I want to talk about Bruce, who makes one brief appearance in this book. Okay. It says nothing. And <laughs> is, no, he he's talks to Robin briefly, but he's sitting there in an ascot and smoking a pipe while he reads something. Yeah. When has Bruce ever smoked in any of the books? Does he? Is that a new? No. No. Because he's sitting there like this grandfather. Oh, in the beginning. Sorry, I was thinking about Batman when the, they meet up with the JLA. I mean, I think that's definitely I put know, in yeah, there whatever. because... Um, well, I mean, I think the story, the you know, in our timeline, being a Batman podcast, uh, the importance uh, to our timeline is this is when the wedge between Dick and Bruce has really started to right. I mean, that, drive you home. know, that was clear. Bruce or uh, Dick dropped out of college, and he's got some problems with Bruce. Yeah, and he says that, and that part's fine, and parts of it, I you know, I got, but. I think it's. I think it was Bruce was drawn that way to make him look pompous and arrogant. And he is smoking a pipe. Yeah, yeah. For us to not like him. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is a book that's supposed to identify with the young reader, and the the main characters are supposed to be hip and cool, and Batman is not, and they want us to think the way that Dick is, and you know that's. I, I don't like the choice of having him smoke a pipe because Batman doesn't smoke. It would ruin his what if it lung was capacity. <laughs> you technically don't <laughs> see anything coming out of it. It could just be him like, oh, ho, ho. There's a right. licorice. There's a lady on the other side of the panel right. that or you don't Commissioner see. Gordon's actually <laughs> sitting in the smoking lounge with him. And, you know, it's just like, it's that candy puff stuff mm-hmm. that comes It's in obviously it. not because Dick walks through in costume and the line is, Dick, you're in costume. Do you oh, need any right. help? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good note, Aaron. I I did not notice it because I was like, yeah, Bruce is an asshole. You storm out, Dick. But <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. But in defense, this was 1980, where so this was pre-crisis, so they haven't really flushed out what Bruce is supposed to be now. And we have read so many cockamamie's versions of Bruce Wayne and what he does and doesn't do that this well, one I understand. panel is not no, and that me. just stuck out. I don't know. That was like. Well, his whole encompassing part in this book until JLA part. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. Like, I don't... That's not how I picture Bruce Wayne, like, sitting around Wayne Manor in an ascot. Like, <laughs> I picture him when, like, he's not at a gala that he's, like, he's in the Batcave. He's, he's doing, Batman. Yeah, or he's passed out in one of his mini beds. And, uh, you know, he he doesn't live a normal life around the manor as Bruce Wayne. That's how I've always... That's my Batman. Um, but you're right, Ben. You pointed out that this is this is pre-crisis, so they haven't refined him. This is the uh, this is Bronze Age. This is Bronze <laughs> Age, where they are starting to try to take him back to a darker Batman, and that one panel kind of undermines a lot of what they had been doing. Okay. So my other big issue with this book. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love Aaron to just lead this because All if right, I page thirty three, talk, I'm just gonna turn to page thirty three. This is so early. This yeah, might have been when I was crying on the plane, and this is when I was like, I'm done. Why were you done? Hold on. You had 210 pages to go. And I'm going to explain why I'm done. <laughs> and I'll write down my notes. Did you not read the whole thing? Uh, after a hurried explanation is made, four teenagers race from Midtown, and each has rejoined the Titans for a reason of their own. They just 
it called all these people here, and instead of explaining what's going on, why are we all joining a team? Why are we joining a team? Oh, a hurried explanation is made. Done. Now the team is together. That's it. <laughs> they form the team in no. one. No, no, no. no they form you're the not, team in no, one you're panel. Missing it. No, you're I'm missing not. it. They form the team in one a panel. Reason that, and there's no reason for the other 230 Aaron, did pages. you read the next bubble? It says a reason that for some must remain private, at least for now. They're drawing you along. It's a mystery. You yeah, have but they to- form the team. Whoop do you do? If you look care. at it, if you look at it, those four are the four that have already been teammates. You've got Robin, you've got Kid Flash, Wonder Girl. They were the original Titans, and Changeling was already. His I own was character. promised darkness in this season. No, and it hasn't it's come. It's not here, bitch. It's not here, bitch. Yeah, Dark- all I go get outside. Is go outside. Okay. Two hundred thirty pages of drivel. You get a demon. Yeah, he there's a dark at a lord. small child and evaporates her. If you read, okay, the that whole part thing. was good. <laughs> I did like the evaporation. I can't do this episode. <laughs> the evaporation was. Everyone's good. a jerk. So they're all jerks. They're all scumbags. If you read the introduction, and then somehow they beat him. It's 1980. <laughs> it's not about the supervillain. It's about the relationships of the members. It's about their teenness. It's about their parent problems. It's about all of the different dynamics of their characters. Did I like the actual writing of this? No, it was silly, but it was history for my characters and it needed to have happened to get them where they are now. And I do think the dynamics of the different personalities, if you read the introduction, I think it's by Marv Wolfman. He talks about, he literally breaks it down like Cyborg is a foil to be spoiled oh, yeah, for I this reason. And, <laughs> and Raven and Starfire. And he talks about how they're different. He talks about why they created each one of them. And it really reads through the book. Like they are struggling. I believe Jake said in our issue about the JLA that his issue with the JLA is that they don't, they're doing these big godlike monsters and they're not actually dealing with like, well, Bruce, you're a dick. And in this, they're really like, well, I don't like you. You're a jerk. And they say it a thousand times, but it's those relationships. And then you get to see the growth and you get to see them be like, well, you are my friend and I trust you now because of this and that and the other. Yeah. It's very teen, which Aaron, I understand why you wouldn't like, but I think those parts were handled very well. Granted with way too many words, (laughs) but I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> Jake's the moderator of this episode. No, <laughs> you don't have to like it, Aaron. I'm just saying why I do. That's fine. <laughs> you can be wrong. So, uh, other, <laughs> other than the wordiness and the showiness of a 1980s comic, I really enjoyed the story structure that they did. Um, ben, you said, and Aaron, you pointed out that that they just gave no reason for the team coming together, and they gave no personal motivation. And Ben, you said it was a mystery and it had to be laid out. And I think that mystery was actually done really well. Like the there was time jumping and there was uh, the precognition that Raven has. Uh, and then, but the Ravens still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling. <laughs> and the visions that she gives Robin, like it was, it was confusing enough that I kept reading. Like. A lot of these 80s and late 70s books, like, I struggle to stay awake. I'm not... She just seems stupid, though. She wouldn't give him any explanation. She just kept vanishing. They're all like, where are you going? Oh, she's gone again, the dumb bitch. Her leaving and Dick Grayson getting so annoyed every time Raven vanished was really funny to me, but (laughs) probably not intentionally funny. (laughs) Um, I agreed. I wanted her. I was like, okay, Raven, like... 
come on, girl, you're not my favorite from the cartoon. I need you to do something in this book. And every time she vanished and Dick got more and more mad, (laughs) I was like, I know she can fight. She's got to be able to fight, right? Do they not make her fight in the comics? And then eventually in the story, she gets to the other dimension and you see her past and you learn her history about peace and all these different things and learn why she isn't fighting and why she is leaving. And then eventually when she does, she's super duper powerful. She's the most powerful of all of them. Mic drop. Sorry. (laughs) And rant. No, and, and I did find at least like the first, I'd say the first six issues, the first... Uh, storyline dealing with the the combination of the team and taking on Trigon. Uh, Trigon. What's his name? Trigon. Yeah. Um, I found that story really interesting and I really enjoyed reading it. The The issues that followed in the trade uh, 7 and 8 were a little bit more of the getting to know you, this is where the story's gonna go kind of stuff. And I don't know after, if I had been a reader in the 80s like a collecting person if I wanted I don't know that I would have gone past the first six I would be like oh that was a good story I like that I'm ready for something else now my thing with that is just that I feel like it wasn't a solid it wasn't just Trigon they were doing everything we met Deathstroke and got his origin end of his battle was over so quick it just ended and I'm because it wasn't what mattered It was them accepting Raven. <laughs> none of it mattered. <laughs> no, it did. They had to be friends. No, they Aaron's had to point is, none of it matters because the crisis comes along. Goes whoop. No, it doesn't. This doesn't get wiped. Uh, from. You're right. It does not. Well, this there's a lot of similarities in the writing and some of the storytelling <laughs> with the villains of Trigon, which is very similar to the crisis. Some of the villains in there, where they're just all empowering. And yes, then, and, bam, and, and you're then gone. that goes with the same writer and illustrator. Yeah, um, going on there, but. Let's get to what really matters. Starfire. Why, why does she put on a bikini when her outfit is just as skimpy? Oh, my God. No, that's great. I loved that. And I read that on a nude beach, mind you. So the line... I was not naked. But the lines, the lines where she's like, I don't understand you humans and why you need to put on bathing things and whatever. And I don't know. I just love that whole thing. I showed Josh. I was like, it's really awkward that there's naked people over there. And I'm literally... Or it's ironic that I'm reading this thing about her not understanding bathing suits there's starfire always has yeah well, there's naked beach so i wasn't naked all right all right we're gonna put a little bit of structure to this so we're not jumping around no way let's go through each character yes. can we start with just starfire? the just the main titans we'll start with starfire and let's kind of just give a little we Cor- talked a little bit about Coriander. raven already Coriander. Yeah. we don't need a whole breakdown for everything but let's try to why do you look scared <laughs> you see the gleam behind my eye and, uh. and Aaron just scrolling through his tablet looking for something <laughs> So let's try to put some structure so this she, episode okay. and actually. Yes, great. So talk Starfire is an alien princess. Oh um, my God, both of you shut up. <laughs> She's an alien princess. She um, came to this world because she escaped enslavement. She was sold by her father. To and be she a learned slave. to speak English just by kissing Robin. Yes! What the hell? That's, That's the same so stupid good! Wonder Woman thing. What? It's the same stupid thing from Wonder Woman. No, Did she Wonder learned Woman from kiss? listening. Yeah, it was still stupid. Corey Anders <laughs> was just like, uh, like absorb. But uh, she, she but she makes out with Dick. She makes okay. You're jumping. Okay, so she comes <laughs> to this planet. Um, okay, so I she understand was why sold. Aaron was so grouchy when he got here. Now he didn't want to talk about. He's just ready to rip into this thing, <laughs> and I'm ready to just like be like, I'm so happy. My favorite thing we've read the whole podcast so she gets oh my god i'm done i'm done if you're not gonna let me talk 
So anyway, she's an alien with star bolt powers. She's a princess. She was sold into slavery. She escapes the slaves. That's their first actual thing that they have to do as a team is fight the evil aliens that are trying to get her back. Um, Cause she's worth a lot to them. They're not trying to kill her. Anyway, she doesn't speak any English and she learns by kissing Dick Grayson, the horny member of the team changeling beast boys. Like, why didn't you kiss me? And she's like, I'd rather have Dick. And so she literally says that. <laughs> and so she makes out with them. She absorbs the language. And they're like, did you have to kiss him? She's like, I really just had to touch, but I preferred kissing. So she is a free spirited, um, empowered female character created in 1980 who goes through a lot over the decades. Um, good and bad. Good and bad. There's a time recently, like six or seven years ago, where they made her promiscuous in like a bad way. It wasn't like empowering. It was like kind of slutty and not like go girl power. Kind of like, I don't know. It was bad. Um, But they fixed it since then. And leading up to that, she's always been, she is the Dick Grayson love interest of this title. And I think of this title, like other than Batgirl, like it's him and like, he almost marries Starfire in this point. title in yeah. like issue in like the nineties or something. And later in the Dick Grayson story, like there there's conflict because Dick Grayson becomes kind of a player here now and then. And, you know, other than his, uh, affection towards Babs. Like, yeah. I'd say Coriander and Barbara Gordon are Dick Grayson's two biggest love interests. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you mentioned beast boy, Aaron, what do you think about, uh, Garfield, Logan, Logan, uh, Beast Boy slash. No, my name is Changeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron's so mad. All right, oh, no, uh, all right, Aaron, I'll give you a lead in. So we used to all play a game called Hero Clicks, and we um, Hero Clicks, a little miniature based battle game, and there was it, it's based on comic book characters, and so um, there was a Changeling Beast Boy figure. Uh, he was, I think his name was different depending on which rarity of him you had. But then you could swap his miniature out for the different animals. And so well, we I used feel to like hunt for he those could animals. be way more powerful than he ended up being. And I don't oh, think yeah. he, I think that's like, oh, I can exude the power of these creatures, but he can't fully. So I think it's very much, I don't know if it's his brain that's inhibiting because he can't fully convince. And he's to, kind of a moron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an idiot. They tried to put his jokes a little bit. You know, tried to make him funnier than I think he was in here, and yeah, that's all intentional. It's his insecurities. He doesn't believe he's good at being a superhero, so he right. never fully does it, and he overcompensates with the jokes. It's the Chandler Bing of the group, mm. where he's making, and they even say that on their introduction, where he's making these jokes. So eventually, when they, when this team graduates, I'm so sorry, <laughs> when this team graduates and they become the mentors, he's older and he's more mature but in this story he's very very young and it's it's like the cartoon beast boy he's always joking around but in the um cartoon he eventually becomes like a t-rex like almost every episode because a t-rex is like the most badass animal you can be in this i think the biggest he gets is a triceratops in this but yeah, he's a mouse sometimes. He's a yeah. bird. He doesn't do as much as he could, or he turns into a snake and like. Well, I think just Aaron, you were saying just like his power level isn't utilized. Like if you had the power level to change your mass and your your physical strength to that degree, like 
he should be unbeatable. If he, he should be, yeah. I mean, he comes well, from more wealth than Bruce does, so yeah, I don't quite. They, yeah. they didn't really explain that a whole. They did lot. not explain that very well. So I mean, he lives in this massive thing, and that even Dick Grayson's like, "Wow, like even this is better than Wayne Manor." Yeah, and, yeah. He was an actor. Um, I when he got bit by a green monkey. I will say that he monkey. was the first. <laughs> he was the oh, first Lord. character. I was like, <laughs> "No, I'm over it." Like, <gasps> I I He's really like best. I really like anthropomorphic characters. I like I like the idea of being able to change in animals, and I I agree with you. And I was kind of like, meh. He wasn't great in this. That he really there. There's a part where well, he's doing right something, and the team gets together. I think it's the end of one of the big stories. It might be Trigon. They're like, we're all needed to defeat him, and they don't use Beast Boy. Beast yeah. Boy is like fighting a big dog or something, and then he's even <laughs> like, oh, did you guys forget about me? Don't and I was worry, like, guys. Oh, I, I did. <laughs> I took him down. <laughs> yeah. So he let's... he is not great in this, but I will say that he probably has the biggest growth of all of them to like lead his own teams later. His first team was a team that considered themselves to be freaks and rejects, and I think, like Ben, you were just saying, I think he struggles with that that um, stigma his entire superhero career. So, all right, Aaron, which character would you like to move on to? <laughs> Let's talk about Kid Flash, since you don't say anything. <laughs> well, Kid Flash isn't one of the four. I feel like this book is significant because of those oh, four. You want to talk about but the we can talk I about want to know why Donna is photographing nude models at the end. Okay, let's talk about Donna Troy. She was on the beach with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there were no ladies at that beach. Anyway. Actually, I want to talk about Mr. <laughs> Thornton and the puppet. What's going on there? Doesn't matter. Well, that was the only interesting fucking thing in this book. The uh, puppet at the end? Isn't that a puppet? Isn't it important later? Come on, tell me we're going to hear no. about puppet. I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's just leading up for the next thing. This book did a good job of creating a whole world for these characters and not just like here's yeah. a villain at a time. Um, we can talk about Donna. She was the character in this that I didn't really care about. I feel like they didn't use her a ton for other than the end where she was photographing people. We didn't get much of her other than her using her powers occasionally with the lasso. Yeah, and it, she doesn't use the lasso the same way that uh, Diana uses it. She uses it just as a weapon and a tool. Like there's no, there's no harmonizing effect. There's no truth giving effect to it. It's just her, her weapon. I liked her enough in it. Like she felt like an old guard come back. Like being one of the original Titans returning. She had that weight to her character. You really needed there to be. They couldn't just have Robin and four new characters. They had to have. Kid Flash and Wonder Girl, they had to really pull it together. The cover for the first issue of this and the trade cover is all of them like running towards these green hand monsters. And I think they're running away from the book. They might be. And they're running away from you, Hugo Strange. Get out. Um, the Teen Titans book that was rehashed when the cartoon came out that I mentioned before that's the um, Starfire Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg taking on the new. Um, members of Teen Titans, Dick Grayson and his younger friends uh, did that cover for, for their first issue with all of the characters replacing. So there's like Impulse was where Kid Flesh was and Robin uh. was there and the new Wonder Girl. And then there's this blank space and this cover where there's not any character and there they put Superboy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was kind of fun. But So you're talking about Flash. I think the best thing was his mom still washes his super suit. <laughs> she does. And that was progress from the last time we read Wally West. Um, 
and got a bit of Wally West origin story. He and his dad were having problems in that tornado. And so now it seems like, I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it because this I was written first. Uh, I, I mean, you I think that's it. just, that's <laughs> been put into fine. his character. Yeah. I mean, his relationship with Wally and Iris was always better than his own parents. And it was kind of you mean uh, Barry and Iris. What'd I say? Wally. Oh yeah. Barry and Iris. He is Wally. That's right. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was fine in the book. I was a, he was a little bit forgettable. Yeah. He wasn't overused Um, or used well. Yeah. I mean, I think his biggest thing was being manipulated by Raven and showing us like her manipulative powers and what she can actually do with them. But the Raven sitting lonely. Um, what is that from? James Earl Jones reading the Raven poem. Oh my God. So the other, the, the Titan, I saved the other Titan for last, uh, Cyborg. Because um, I wanted to talk about Victor Stone, and he's the first African American superhero we've gotten in our um, chronol- chronological orderness. He is, <coughs> and he is easily the most reluctant of the group. Like he doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. He doesn't appreciate his power. He fell into it because of an accident that um, from his father (laughs) that (laughs) in a science lab that basically destroyed half his body and his father had to build a half robot body for him to live. And so he's not able to do what he most enjoyed, which was because he's the coach won't let him play sports because he has an unfair advantage, which is he's a Mm -hmm. robot. Reminded me of Incredibles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That part for sure. Um, and he has some major daddy issues going on. Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the part about his character and the rest of them that I wanted to get to. Like, all of the Titans seem to have parental (laughs) issues. So you have Cyborg, who very outwardly hates and blames his father for what happened to him. So he never wants to see him again. But he keeps popping up. Right. (laughs) Conveniently. You have Coriander, who was sold away by her father. Although to save her people, that's got to put a little bit of stain on it. (laughs) You've got Raven, whose father's a giant dimension-eating demon. Uh, You have Beast Boy, whose uh, birth parents are dead, and his adopted father's an absentee actor, right? I don't know what he does. He's just super rich. Um, it wasn't clear in this book. Donna Troy's birth parents are a mystery and are also dead, and she was raised by the Amazons, so she doesn't have that relationship. Dick Grayson. We did get a better origin of her this time than we did in the first <laughs> Titans. Yeah, book I would agree. That we read. Mm-hmm. So, the other one, she just laid on bed and cried. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the art. idea that that ties them all together. That, like, in the end of the day. They, if you didn't say it, Dick obviously has a Batman problems. Yeah, he has problems with his adopted father to very, very bad degrees. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, their their little bit of differences and their their small connections um, tie a couple groups together. But this is the one thing that they all share, and I think that's why this team of Titans ends up being the most lasting and the most memorable because there's something about this team like the original Justice League, that like they're the, the, I don't know, the truest form of a teenager team. Like, you know, teenagers, especially in the 80s, were they were rebellious, and, you know, that was the, the start of all that. And 
Yeah, I mean, how do you separate a teen character from an adult character? The conflict. Like, the age gap is the conflict. And what I've said before, what really makes it work is how they all... They become each other's family. Like, Mm -hmm. the JLA are co-workers, they're friends. The Titans is a family, and it's always been that way. And then that turns into their best villain is a father and a father figure that they have to physically, emotionally, and team-wise fight against. So, Well, I don't know about their best villain. I think you're talking about Trigon, but in the first no, no, and no, second no, 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 issue, no. I'm talking about Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah, so That's both of the big villain. villains that are introduced in this are both fathers. Um, yes. Deathstroke is an assassin, mm-hmm. and he... They're, this group, the Hive, is trying to hire him to destroy the Titans, but he wants nothing of it. So they end up tricking him to do it by getting his son, son to become an issues. assassin. Yeah. And then dead. Poor Grant. Grant Grant dies. <laughs> and then Deathstroke like blames the Titans. You like the death? Mm-hmm. It's fair. <laughs> and then every... So he ends up um slade wilson has multiple children and mm. they all throughout the years kind of go through this and but don't he, spoil too much because we are going to read more about that okay well he goes he now wants to kill the titans so he didn't have to be hired for it he wants to kill them because he blames him for the death of this first child right so all of their parental issues are mirrored in this parent trying to kill them right. like I, I just think that's the perfect villain for them, and I think he's really interesting. He's going to be the, um, uh, at least uh, make an appearance in the second season of the show. Like, I, show? when Your the show? Titans, the oh. Titan show, the live action Titan show. I, I think when you say, well, he's the main villain of the first two seasons of the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, because I, I think when you say Titans, uh, you my brain goes to Deathstroke. Like, that's their arch enemy. Mm-hmm. Trigon is this extra-dimensional and this overpowered thing. But, you know, Deathstroke's really He's, the one that they Trigon's have to deal with. Trigon's mostly related just to Raven, whereas Deathstroke is the Titans villain. How do you feel about Deathstroke, Aaron? Uh, he wasn't in it that much. He really didn't do a whole lot. Have you read him in other, like, JLA? Because st- no. he ends up being a villain of some JLA. He's- no, I I knew of him, but I hadn't read anything. Okay. And I, I mean, you would like kind him. Of, he's very violent. I mean, I, the whole point of his appearance in this, I think, is setting him up for down-the-road appearances. Yeah, which is, I mean, this is his first appearance. Like, you know, what he ends up becoming, like, he wasn't given a whole lot at the beginning, but he ends up becoming a pivotal character for their entire story. Mm-hmm which I thought was cool. Um, I had never read this book, let alone really investigated his origin. I knew he wanted to kill the Titans, and that's all I knew, and I didn't know why. Oh, you didn't know this because he blamed them for the death of a child? No. I do like the name of his organization, The Hive, The Hierarchy of International Vengeance and Extermination. <laughs> Are you a member of that? Group, well, Aaron? they have a secret, like, they advertise in newspapers. Oh, yeah. The, for the Underworld Star <laughs> is the evil bad guy newspaper. That part was good. I like that part. I mean, that was just so stupid and over the top. Well, I, like, where and then do you it's go like to they get that gathering. Newspaper. Yeah, like. Who prints that? Like, right. who's got the printing press? <laughs> All right, we call to order the meeting of the International Extermination. They probably stole the printing press because they're <laughs> evil. I think they had to have. Well, you got to go to like the newsstand and ask for the secret copy of the newspaper, and they just like. <laughs> I love it that one. Uh, we get to meet the fearsome five. Like, we literally get a glimpse. Fox Force five. 
Fox is in we're a bunch of foxy chicks. Force is in we're a force to be, be reckoned with. Ben. And five is in there's one, two, three, four, five of us. What right, the hell so is that? <laughs> I, I Jake, didn't what do the hell is that? That was uh, Pulp Fiction. All right. Oh, um, come on, Ben. So I didn't do a lot of digging because I knew you were going to be the informational person on this episode. So the Thanks, Fantastic Five, what is it? The Fox Force Five? Fearsome Five. <laughs> Fearsome Five. Fox Force. <laughs> so the Fearsome Five, um, I know Dr. Light. Uh, he he doesn't stick around person. in the Fearsome Five. Okay. So the fearsome five is like a regular. It changes. Thing. It's okay. like the sinister um, six. Yeah, sinister six for Spider-Man. Okay. okay, so it's got a rotating. But it's always five. Yeah, it's always five. So do you think the villains sit around and be like, "We need to make sure that our name rhymes"? <laughs> <laughs> what can we do with some alliteration? It's cheese. It's cheese, and it's camp, and that's what comic <laughs> books are to me. Well, it's always the teams that can't think of an alliteration that are like. <laughs> Uh, brotherhood of <laughs> evil. <laughs> so, Aaron, I think your hatred for this has finalized my decision in what the Elseworlds segment is going to be <laughs> for my contribution. I was going to do something that you might have enjoyed, but now I think we're going to watch a couple episodes of the TV show as my Elseworlds episode. Great. <laughs> we can watch the Trigon episode. Oh, boy. It's fine. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Unless you apologize. All right. So be- because we're a Batman <laughs> I podcast, I, I want to talk <laughs> about the interaction. Dick. The, when the JLA shows up, Batman and Robin have, um, to our timeline, a very important interaction. Um, you know, we see for the first time Dick Grayson telling Batman to his face that all you want to do is treat me like a kid. All you want to do is treat me like a sidekick. And I'm not going to be that anymore. I want to be my own person. Do you think that that moment was earned? For Dick? Yeah. Well, and what you've had us read? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, and what we've been doing. Like, do you guys feel... Did, did that feel like a natural evolution? Did it, like... I honestly don't know. I if think I he can still say. hasn't learned his lesson about rock music yet. <laughs> Shut up! That <laughs> so stupid book. I forgot about I, that book. <laughs> I'm going to say he hasn't earned that right yet. No, he needs to go back to Gar- our Arkham and learn the evils of rock. And <laughs> I mean, he's learned a lot. Like <laughs> no, he- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think I think it's the lack of. Bruce being there as the human component that is what's driving Dick to seek more human companionship. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he Alfred is giving what he can, but Alfred is still subordinate to Batman and Bruce and is number one. And so I think, you know, he's trying to persuade Dick to go in the right direction, even though he wasn't in here. But I mean, if you're talking about whether he earned it or not, I can see where he would. I don't know if it's something that he'd earn as more that he's come to the realization that I have to go. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be his own person. I, I agree, Aaron. I, I think that with all the history we have and knowing what has to happen with the character, I would say, yeah, it's been earned. But with everything we've read, did I see that coming? I feel like it was a little quick because we didn't get that much dick, really. Um, but I think your choices for what to read, I think it definitely laid out that this was going to happen. Well, and I wasn't looking for a, a pat on the back in that way. I, I wasn't patting you. I <laughs> uh, We discussed how hard it is to read in a post-crisis continuity and find 
Silver Age stories that fit there while Dick Grayson was still Robin. It, it felt like a natural evolution to the character, and knowing, like you said, Ben, where the character ends, I also can see the the seeds that are planted. So Dick wants to leave because of Batman's absentee and lack of emotion. But then that's what Dick ends up becoming. Like he he turns into the same thing that he's trying to get away from in a lot of ways. Not in every way, but in a lot I of ways. I think he keeps his Titan friends. I think over the year, like there might be some absence, but over the years, he's very, very close to this group of people Okay, that we see. Yeah, like books. you said, Wally, it, it he is and kind Wally of are best friends. He and Donna are very, very close, especially when she dies like three times. I have a favorite <laughs> outfit for this episode. Is it uh, Starfire's bikini? It's Starfire's superhero outfit which is totally different (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is i think it's beautiful i think it's uh very empowering while also i don't know she's orange and fabulous and her hair her giant hair becomes fire as she flies so i love that they found a reason for robin's yellow cape and oh my god with the green lantern lantern. Which we talked about in a previous episode about how yellow is the only thing Green Lantern can't fight. He's like, even my cape! And wraps it around his hand and then he kicks him. And that was all very... That was a beautiful panel of him kicking him. And even says what kind of kick it is. I was like, oh, dick. You silly, silly dick. Well, and you can tell the way that Perez draws him that they... I, I think in... I think they had it in their head that they were going to evolve Dick Grayson in this. If they can continue to do this title, that this character was headed in a direction that he had never been before. Like he's drawn as a man now. Like he has the muscle structure. He's got the height. Um, yeah. So did Jake mess up continuity with his timeline of how quickly Dick is growing? Or no, we sped up. Sometimes I told you he was Dick Grayson. Dick's for, just Dick grow. Grayson's Robin. Dick for like sometimes <laughs> grows quickly when things are sped up, Ben. <laughs> Especially when there's starfires around. I said when it before. Get hot with burning hot hair. What? There are only so many stories <laughs> that we could choose to, to read to continue our you crap. I think timeline. That it, I think it's good. We need but to. But Dick forward. Grayson is Robin for six years before he changes. Six years. That's so. how long it takes to become a man. All right, Aaron hated the book. Jake thoughts. <laughs> Aaron, you're allowed to say other things. It's fine. Wait, I have one more thing before we go yeah, to our go. reviews. I want to read all of Robin's nicknames from this book. Okay. Did you right. write them down? I did. Uh, the Boy Wonder, The Teen Wonder, Dick, Rob, Robbie, Bat Boy, Bat Kid, Hey You, <laughs> and then uh, Wally was referred to as Flasher a lot. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I love Robbie. Robbie's good. Uh, most of the Rob, well, at least one of the Robin is referred to as Rob a lot by his friends. Yeah. It's uh, pretty common. Well, and it seemed like each of them had a, like, uh, I think Cyborg's the one that called him Robbie. Flash called him Rob. And yeah, so uh, each kind of had their thing. Uh, Starfire called him Richard. All right. And then before, <laughs> once again, before we go to uh, <laughs> reviews. So I mentioned before we did this that... Um, this was going to tie into the Titans TV show. We've we've hinted at it here and there, but I didn't realize how much the Titans show drew from this book specifically. So I finished season one. Season two has already dropped. If you guys are listening to this, uh, brothers, as we're recording it, it dropped today. Season two does, oh. um, and so the series Titans deals with. Um, the fact that there's already been a team of 
young teenage heroes and they've outgrown that and they're coming back together because Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy, who are younger members, are now needing their help. Fine, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and the the big villain is revealed and it's very similar to some stuff we read and yeah. It um cool. Aaron, you will love the show. It's hyper violent, it's dark. <laughs> Uh, there's demons, there's sex. Sounds there's, like the best of all of our worlds. <laughs> there's more than one Robin. And so, uh, there's... That means one of them will probably die. I, I... Bang, bang! <laughs> nice. I went back and forth so much on the show. After the first episode, I was like, I don't want to watch this. And then by, a, it was about the fifth or sixth episode, I was like, this is, the show is great. And then it kind of lost me again. And then by the end of the season, I'm like, oh, the show is great. Like, I'm super excited for the second season. Cool. If you guys are out there watching the show and have never read Teen... T- I'm going to go right into my review. If you're out there watching the show and have never read comic books, go pick up volume one of the new Teen Titans. It is going to show you exactly what those showrunners and writers were using as inspiration. And I, I'll let you finish, but the TV show, the cartoon did the, the same, same thing. Yeah. So if you like the cartoon, most of those stories come from this book as well. This... um. Although in the broad spectrum of comics and superhero comics, the Teen Titans are, they're a lower A list team only because they're maybe not as well known except in the last few years, they've become better known. But remember in the 80s, this was the highest selling comic book. This is a, um, a must read for a comic enthusiast who's trying to get a broader idea of the universe. As far as a Batman read, this is it's okay. Um, if you if you like the character Dick Grayson, it's great. Um, there is some more stuff that we're going to read with the Teen Titans down the road that's more important to the characters and the overall Batman story. But this was laying the groundwork for that, so I'm very happy to reread it. I've had it in my collection for a while, and I'm finally glad I got to it. Um, but it is very long. It is very wordy. It's very eighties. So you got to be ready for that. Aaron, I actually really enjoyed the book. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you actually? Yeah, I really did. Are you just fucking with me? <laughs> no, this book sucked. Oh. Do not read it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay, so Aaron is mad because there's no guns or trench coats. Um, I thought that some of it was overly wordy i struggled sometimes to get through it because it was so long but for the significance of the character development and the significance of meeting these characters and me personally being able to read the story that brought so many of my beloved characters for the very first time into comics i did get a little emotional i really enjoyed it (laughs) i recommend it this is the first one we've read for the podcast that i'm going to go out and buy because i want it to be in my collection i can probably just have aaron's copy (laughs) me i'll give you five dollars um so if you enjoyed the titans if yeah like jake said i just second what jake said if you enjoy any aspect of the titans this is a very important historical book for them um is it the best thing ever written no are the story ideas and character development good very much so um yeah that's it yeah it didn't sound like fine that much (laughs) i didn't expect Aaron to hate it that much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> knowing that I was going to come and be like, I'm so excited. Well, I knew that he would be the opposite of that. Oh, so what did we learn this episode? What did we learn? It's that time again. Did you another one of our cute little skits? No, it's time to learn the day's lesson. 
And to find out what it is, we turn to the Wheel of Batman. Wheel of Batman. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Aaron, what lesson did we learn today? Apparently Your nothing. phone's off. Ben, can we get that sound effect, please? Thanks, Ben. Mama Tits saves the day. She does! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you're reading along with us, the next comic book that yeah, we're going to be reviewing is Batman, Son of the Demon. Is that another Raj al Ghul book? I don't know. Is it? Oh, Stay Lord. tuned to find out. Is it a very, very important comic book? It wasn't when it was written, but it is now. Ooh, they do it. Talia <laughs> and Bruce do it. Okay, anyways. <laughs> but over the next couple weeks, as long as we Damn stick to the release man. schedule that I think we are, we have a couple special episodes coming up for you. We have um, a special Elseworlds episode, and then we should be hopefully doing another uh, Crisis of Infinite crossovers with our friends at the Archive. So. Cool. Look All forward right. to it. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Um I think we'll get out of the 80s pretty soon, Aaron, so don't worry. I'm That's Ben, your sunshine into Gotham. I'm Aaron. If I had a rainbow hatchet, I'd throw it at Ben. Oh! I'm Jake. I uh, will continue to mediate between these two. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hopes of Betty's plants, this city's way. I am the The Brotherhood of Batman is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. The Network is a collection of shows about the Dark Knight, plus ones that cover DC Comics, films, and TV, and lots of other geeky audio experiences. Everyone loves the Drake, oh my god, Tim Drake, uh, Batman, the animated podcast, oh my god, animation, and many more. We are very excited to be a part of this group of talented podcasters. And you should head over to find out all these great shows at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. You can find more of the Brotherhood of Batman on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Woo! Enjoy!